0: gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is Sean Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, Super Friends. Welcome to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 130, for new comic book day, February 27th, 2019. I'm your host, Ken Rose, and once again, Vernon's not able to make it this week. Except this week, he didn't hold monitor duty. He actually got called to Mount Justice for some special training with Black Canary. So he's got to show me what, what she taught him when he gets back here, but hopefully he will be able to join us soon back here in the basement of the Hall of Justice. But we couldn't skip another show because there's some awesome news that came out this week, and I think we're going to start off right away with some news that when I told Vernon about this, he went bananas and he's all upset about not being able to see this, but it looks like as of episode 18 of The Flash for this season, we will be getting Godspeed. Now anybody who doesn't not sure who Godspeed is, Godspeed is actually a rather relatively newer character for the DC universe. He was actually brought in during rebirth, and uh he's all white costume with gold trim, and he's a totally different type of speedster. He is a speedster villain, and it is August Hart, who was actually a detective and a friend of Barry Allen when he before he got his powers. But The thing with Godspeed is he's a speedster, but he actually has the ability to separate the speed force from speedsters. And the problem is a lot of times that actually kills the speedsters. So he actually, in the comic books, he ran around collecting the speed force from different speedsters and killing them in the process. Now this was during the whole, uh, the whole speed force storm story where there was a lot of speedsters created all at once. So, we don't know what's going to happen here. It could be interesting since Cicada is working on the show this year and collecting the powers from metahumans. How's Godspeed going to work into this? Now, like I said, we have some pictures that um, that made it up onto uh, Twitter from, let me see, let me make sure I credit the right person here. The pictures were from uh, at X X O X O, And she put up the pictures. The, we have four pictures. One of them... Um, it looks like there this looks like it's possibly in the future because there's a uh banner that says uh, Razor and it shows the comic book character of Razor holding the Flash up from straight from the comics out of the 80s or 90s and it says Razor a cutting edge new exhibit so this is probably on the set of the Flash Museum and the picture the two pictures of godspeed have him setting up and getting ready to basically fall through a sign for the central city citizen so the central city citizen has been around for a while now and has been established so i'm assuming this is in the future this is at the flash museum still but we will find out here on episode 18 which also is the first episode to be directed by danielle Panabaker. Our own Caitlin Frost is, at, is directing this, and this is, I believe, the first time she's ever sat in the director's chair for anything. Uh, now, Entertainment Weekly sat down with her and got this quote from her, and she says, I'm incredibly excited and grateful to be directing my first episode of television, and especially honored that it will be an episode of The Flash. Over the past 15 years, I have been lucky to work with many talented directors with a vast array of styles and methods. I have always loved the collaborative process, and my insatiable curiosity has led me to watch, learn, and absorb as much as I can from those around me. So it's going to be awesome seeing her direct, and it's going to be interesting because I believe... Now, you guys will have to email in or um, let me know on social media if I'm wrong here, but I believe this is the last of the major speedster villains from the Flash Pantheon to be on the show. Because we've got Eobard Thawne, and actually in the comics, uh, Godspeed has come back recently... And is working with Ibarthon at the moment, but we've had Ibarthon, who's the Reverse Flash. We've had Savitar. We've had Hunter Zolomon, who's the Reverse Flash and Doctor Zoom, in Zoom. We've had um, now Godspeed is the last of the major speedster villains. Now I'm waiting to see the last couple of speedsters that we've not seen. We've gotten Barry and Wally. Uh, Bart Allen is the third Flash, and we've not seen him yet. We have got Jay Garrick, or sorry, Bart was the fourth because Jay Garrick was the first. But we've gotten Jay, Wally, Barry. We've not gotten Bart Allen yet, but we did get Jesse Quick. We've not got her dad, Johnny Quick, but they changed her backstory in the show anyway. So he probably never existed. But the one I'm hoping to at some point see that would be awesome is if we ever got Max Mercury in and actually get him as the Zen Master of the Speed Force. And find out there is a guy somewhere in the multiverse that actually has been studying the speed force for years. And he's kind of a guru of the speed force. Back in the 90s, when I first, that was the first time I met Max Mercury. And in the comics, he was an old man already. But he was the guy that Wally West actually entrusted Impulse to, to train Impulse. Because Wally just couldn't do it. Impulse was too impulsive, as his name says. a kid who grew up in VR because no one else could um, keep up to his speed. His mind and his body was growing so fast that computers were the only way to actually keep up with him and actually teach him what he needed to know. So it'll be interesting to see if those characters would get brought in, but as I said, it looks like we do have Godspeed coming later later on this season. That's not all we have from the Arrowverse, though. This is straight out of the rumor bin, deep rumor bin, but this actually kind of falls into falls into what we've been thinking and what we've been speculating anyway. It looks like, Now, as soon as this was written, um, Supergirl was added to this. But it looks like, as of right now, Arrow, Legends Tomorrow, and Supergirl may be ending after next season. It looks like, as of right now, the Warner Brothers is not extremely excited about the ratings right now for these shows, according to these rumors. Now, this was from CosmicBooks.com. And according to them, it says that... um, Next broadcast season, we we know Crisis on Infinite Earth is coming. It's going to make some major. It has to make major changes for it to be Crisis, and we know that. It seems the CW really needs to make room to get things like Batwoman in there, and uh, Batwoman would be a perfect replacement for Arrow. But it looks like as of right now, the Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow may be canceled after last season and after Crisis on Infinite Earth. But um, and. The other thing is Crisis on Infinite Earths, according to the rumors on this site, says it may be totally changing the way the DC Arrowverse is taken care of, which we assumed it was going to do anyway. And the rumors they're having is that we may move, uh, since The Flash would be the only major show still in the Earth One of the Arrowverse, maybe put everything into one universe with The Flash as the lead show instead of Arrow technically being the lead show now. Flash is the only one that stayed setting with its ratings. It is still the number one show on the CW for the superhero shows. But they've not mentioned in here, but that would possibly put shows like Black Lightning in with the Flash. Uh, Batwoman is already in the um, Earth Prime. So it, it's all going to be interesting the way this shakes down. Now, the difference is Supergirl, the rumor on that one is that it also would be canceled after next season. But that might be making room... For what everybody's and we everybody's been speculating, we've been speculating of possibly bringing in the Superman TV series with Tyler Hecklin and um, it would be the Clark and Lois and Jonathan Kent show, um, Superman show. And if Supergirl is actually replaced by a Superman show after next season, that gives them the chance to actually put Supergirl on the big screen, which is what all the rumors are saying that they've been developing anyway. And we know that the CW, or rather the WB. For some reason, doesn't like the idea of having the same character on the movies and the TV at the same time. So, if they would cancel Supergirl and move Superman from TV movies to TV and move Supergirl from TV to movies, that may be what they're trying to do with redirecting the cinematic universe. The only one that's a little strange there is that, according to Ezra Miller, in an interview he had this past week, looks like the Flash movie is still in development, still working. He is still The Flash in a Flash movie, and it doesn't look like The Flash TV series is going anywhere for any time soon, which is very interesting. But some of the things he's got saying about this Flash movie is um, very interesting, too. Things like a possible speedster multiverse and them actually doing stuff that they want to make the fans happy about this. He says in the interview, "It's really, it's getting really good Anyone that knows anything about Barry Allen knows that he's always late, but then when he arrives, he gets stuff done. And that's definitely how the film's production schedule is proceeding. We are a little late, but the reason why we are late, and this is the honest to God's truth, the reason we are late is because we are all, and I include myself in this, we are very meticulously focused on making a movie that is just not one of the greatest superhero movies that we could possibly make. This movie is also going to be a gift to the fans. This movie is going to be a pure, a real pure offering to the fans of this material. And we've hit a couple of points in the script's development where we looked at it and gone as he shakes his head. No, this isn't it. This isn't it yet. Uh, It has to be, We're talking about sparking a whole new universe, which we've, outside of the interview, we've heard this before, that that it seems like the Warner Brothers are trying to do a soft reboot of the DC Cinematic Universe. So, according to Ezra, he says, we're talking about sparking a whole new universe, which is not just the DC multiverse. It's also, it's the Speedster multiverse. And the Speedsters are the ones who connect all the disparate pieces. Because Marvel is a universe... Just one world and all the same characters in it. DC is a multiverse. All these different stories with different realities, characters, and versions of characters, and the speedsters are the ones who move through it all. They're like the connecting bridge between all the different collage parts. And you went on to say that, so I am really delighted at how focused everyone is on getting it just right. And I'm really devoted to that as well. We won't make the film unless it is going to be this consummate, beautiful offering to the fans and to everybody. We are going to make a fantastic movie, but we're really focusing on making it or making it this like super gift to DC fans. So it looks like he's going to be—he's actually working on the script with everybody, uh, with the writers and producers, and they're—they're trying to actually make it right, hopefully. They actually go back, change a couple things maybe in the way Barry was been done, and let him maybe age up a little bit. Maybe we, uh, let him be a CSI already instead of maybe college college age. I'm not sure, or let us see that journey. So that's that's the news and rumors and things out of TV and movies. But we actually are getting more collectibles information now. Finally, after um, now the New York Toy Fair is done, DC is not done announcing things. It looks like now everybody's seen the Batman black and white statue line. Well, DC Comics is expanding their deal with Walmart to now include a four inch version of the DC black, or the Batman black and white statue line. of, And they're actually calling it the four inch minifigs. And it's interesting because these are being uh, released in four waves of six statues each. And these are the statues. That we have already got from the black and white line, but they're being released, interestingly enough, in blind bags. So these are going to be blind bag boxes right beside the DC uh, Giants that are already out now, which I did find in Walmart finally. I found out where to find them. You can't look in the magazine aisle. You have to actually look where the baseball cards and the collectible cards and stuff like that are. So I did find a whole bunch of them at Walmart. There wasn't all what I was looking for yet because I don't think Swamp Thing's out yet. That's the one I want to see. But we do know uh, these are being released starting in February. We're getting Batman statues from Amanda Connor, Darwin Cook, Jason Fabek, Patrick Gleason, Frank Quitely, and Dick Sprang. Then in April, we get a Harley by Harley Quinn by Bruce Tim, Robin by Frank Quitely. Then Batman's from Mike Allred, John Romita Jr., Gary Frank, and Eduardo Riso. Then we jump to June. We get the Joker from Jim Lee. Then we get Batman stat, er, figures from Dustin Nguyen, Mike Magnola, Sean Cheeks Galloway, the Batman from the Batman Arkham Asylum, and Batman by Jim Lee. Then they wrap up this line of figures with the Penguin by Brian Boland, this is in August, Robin by Carmine Infantino, Batman by Carmine Infantino, then Batman by Chris Uminga, Jay Lee, and Brian Boland. Now, these are exclusive for Walmart, these four-inch minifigs, and they're supposed to be about $5. It says five uh, Now, anybody who wants the whole set and make sure you get the whole set without getting duplicates and stuff, it looks like they said that you can actually buy all six of the minifigs from each wave at comic book shops starting in May in a, um, in a box set, and they will also include an exclusive seventh figure in each of them. So it will be the four waves... And uh, I'm assuming if these were 5 bucks for the six of these, so you're going to be $40, $45 for the box set probably. But you do get the seventh minifig out of that one. So this will be cool. Check them out at Walmart. Uh, the first set should be in Walmarts now. But that's not the only Walmart news we're getting. This one's interesting because it looks like as of right now, DC is actually going to um, drop their 100-page giants that they have at Walmart right now. Now, this was from Ryan Higgins, who owns the California-based comic book store Comics Conspiracy, and he co-hosts the Geekbox and the Comics Conspiracy podcasts. Now, he was saying recently that he received information, because he's a retailer, that the Walmart-exclusive comics will be replaced by a a, a new line of 100-page specials that are going to be available everywhere. These specials will actually have uh, 48 pages of new content, and the rest will be dedicated to classic material, but no price point has actually been put on these yet. Now, additionally, uh, the longer story arcs that actually started in the Walmart line will be reprinted as graphic novels and are supposed to hit comic shops later this month, this year. But And the shorter stories are going to be rep- reprinted in these 100-page specials. So anybody who's... Um, yeah, the, and the rest of this actually leads into the um, next story I have here that according to Dan DiDio, DC is actually cutting their comic book line. Now, Dan DiDio was at the Comics Pro Retailer Summit held in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he confirmed that DC is going to be cutting back on the number of um, books they put out every month by 10 to 15%. Now, that may sound like a lot, but if you figure, DC actually shipped 87 comics in January. That's every new issue that was out, so... including the ones that double ship each month. So you get two issues of action, two issues of detective. Every comic DC puts out, they um, had seven eighty-seven books put out in January and 52, only 52 in December, but that was only a four week month. Now they've been, um, so they're probably dropping back to like 74 to 78 comics um, a month. And really the, going back to um, Ryan's, the Ryan Higgins thing, he was saying that most of those we've already seen the cutback. It'll be these Walmart line. Uh, the new age DC Heroes has already been cut. That's going to cover most of this, these cutbacks. So we're not going to see a whole lot more than that back. But Dan was saying that they think this is basically what the market will do because direct market sales are down somewhat. Now, direct market is your comic book shop sales. So I don't think this is a major problem. It's just retooling a little bit to figure out where to put this. Now, also, this is going to make room because we know this year we're getting up and we're going to be um, starting to see the DC Zoom, DC Ink lines coming on board. Also, the new all the Black Label stuff that we've not gotten yet. We've only got a couple of issues of Black Label so far. So we're going to, there's plans for more of that coming this year. So that's a lot of this that they're cutting back on is going to be filled in with some of that. And the last couple of stories we have, one is what I'm kind of excited about. It looks like we're getting a return to Elseworlds. Now, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo have uh, put out the cover for the, a new book they're putting out, which is a Batman Elseworlds title that's coming out later this year. And the title is Batman, The Last Night on Earth. And according to the synopsis, it says that Bruce Wayne wakes up in Arkham Asylum, young, sane, and he was never Batman. So begins this sprawling tale of the Dark Knight as he embarks on a quest through a devastating or devastated DC landscape, featuring a massive cast of familiar faces from the DC universe. As he tries to piece together the mysterious or the mystery of his past, he must unravel the cause of this terrible future and track down the unspeakable force that destroyed the world as he knew it. This could be the last Batman story ever told. Now, Gr- Snyder and Capullo, we know are um legends when it comes to Batman including their days of um telling stories in the new 52 also they they're the ones that gave us dark knights medal so this is them returning to Batman again except this time doing an elseworld story in a post apocalyptic type setting which is going to be really interesting to see now the inter- the cool thing is this is scheduled for May 29th but it is a black label book meaning that it's supposed to have um, probably more graphic violence and mature themes. And, um, and that actually is shown, um, that could be shown originally on this cover because the sh- cover shows a silhouette of Batman walking away carrying, it looks like a lantern, but if you look inside the lantern, it looks like the Joker's head. It's a little darker than most of what we've seen for Batman so far. And then the last story we have is actually a preview for the Doomsday Clock number 10. And this one I'm all excited about. Gary Frank, the uh, artist for that's doing Issue um, 10 and doing Doomsday Clock, we know. Uh, there Now, Issue 9 is out out yet, but Issue 10, he tweeted out the pencil sketch of one panel, and it is the Justice Society of America sitting around a table with the scales of justice behind them in a library. So the Justice Society will be out in Doomsday Clock number 10, which we get in March 27th. And the cool thing is sitting around the table is the classic Justice Society members. Adam Sandman, the Spectre, Jay Garrick's Flash, Hawkman, Doctor Fate, Alan Scott's Green Lantern, and Hourman. So that's awesome we're getting Jay Garrick and Alan Scott back through this. So we got to wait another month till we get to see this, but I am all excited and I can't wait to, till it gets here. And that basically brings us to the end of our news for this week, but You guys know we can't do a show without taking a trip every week. And we gotta take our daily trip. And that sound could only mean one thing it's time for a weekly trip to the comic book shop. This week's comic book shop pull list is brought to you by the Shazbots. You can check them out on iTunes and Facebook and check them out www.shazbots.com. That was their song, The Comic Book Shop. And when you do check them out, let them know that the DC Superpowers podcast sent you. This week, the comic book shop pull list is for February 27th, 2019. We have 15 books on the list this week. Starting with uh, There's One To Go. We are at Detective Comics number 999. The truth behind the gauntlet Batman has been forced to run, a violent odyssey that endangered the lives of everyone who made him who he is, is revealed at last. And the mastermind working to unmake the Batman must be seen to be believed. Is there a goal there here beyond destruction? Will Batman emerge stronger? Or with a mortal wound at the exact moment that his most dangerous challenge yet is on the horizon in next month's Detective Comics number 1000. Well, art is done by Jamie Mendoza and is written by Doug Mankey, and is written by Peter J. Tomasi. This has been an interesting ride so far. And seeing whoever this is actually trying to kill all of Batman's mentors, including last week, remember, we had Jason Blood and Edrigan in it. And we got to see the return of the Hellbat suit. So what else are we going to see coming up here and then possibly into... Uh, the Batman number or Detective Comics number one thousand in two weeks. But next up, we actually had Action Comics number one thousand and eight. A superstar creative team of writer Michael, Brian Michael Bendis and artist Steve Epting dig into the DC Comics in this sweeping espionage epic that's shattering the agencies and heroes dedicated to protecting the world. As the D.E.O. falls, only Jimmy Olsen may hold the answers to helping Superman and Lois Lane uncover who's behind the attacks rocking the D.C. Universe's biggest clandestine organizations. And when the Suicide Squad's Amanda Waller makes a shocking discovery, can she help the trio understand the truth before the balance of power shifts to Leviathan forever? Art is done by Steve Epting and it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. Now this is interesting because it looks like Bendis is setting up for the new Leviathan Rising storyline coming later this year, which I have seen uh, rumors, and it looks like we're getting a Jimmy Olsen and a Lois Lane book each out of, coming out of Leviathan Rising. So that's going to be interesting to see. I believe that those both start in May. So it's going to be cool to see him setting it up and actually letting Jimmy Olsen move out on his own again and then seeing what Lois Lane does in her own book again. Now, both of them have had books in the past, and they were awesome books. They're strong characters on their own, not just with Superman. So it would be awesome to see them when we get there. The next up on the list is Batgirl number 32. Coming to you live from Gotham City, the People's Choice Congressional Candidate uh, Luciana Alejo is all set to give a televised interview that could secure her victory. But the cormorant is ready to silence her for good. Can Batgirl protect the candidate without making her alter ego, Barbara Gordon, lose her campaign job for in the process? His art is done by Norm Rapmond and Paul Pelletier and is written by Margaret Scott. Next up, we go back to the future with Batman Beyond number 29. The Joker is prepared to deal his fatal punchline as everything and The Kitchen Sink too, hits the fan for Batman and Robin. And yes, I did say Robin. Remember, uh, Matt's little brother, or sorry, Terry's little brother Matt is Robin right now. Now, even with Dick Grayson's help, the dynamic duo of tomorrow and Bruce Wayne may not stand a chance. Will the Joker turn Terry's brother into the new Jason Todd? Is now a good time for Terry and Bruce to clash? And why are Neo-Gothamites cheering the Clown Prince? Will... Anyone survived the final joke? Well, the art's done by R- Norm Ratman and Brett Booth is brought to you by, written with Dan Jergens. We get also the Freedom Fighters, number three. Free- the Freedom Fighters are launching their biggest offensive ever against the Nazi regime, but the bad guys aren't done yet. The Hitler dynasty has made its move against the insurgency, and it's in the form of their secret weapon, Hitler Third. And boy, is this... Boy, is this kid a deranged little psycho. If the Resistance is to succeed, they'd better move fast and stir up enough support from the public to bring Uncle Sam back from the brink, or all hope will be lost. Art is done by Eddie Barrows and is written by Robert Venditti. Coming to you next is actually the next chapter of Heroes in Crisis, number six. Get a deeper look into the inner workings of Sanctuary. When Heroes visited the facility, they relived their traumas through virtual reality, contending with the events that brought them there in the hopes of reaching a meaningful resolution. That is, until the trauma took over and escalated their, these personal events into a full-blown crisis. Find out what pushed one of the superheroes over the edge and how it broke the machine. This special issue reunites the Eisner Award-winning Mr. Miracle team of writer Tom King and Mitch Gerrard's. Now, this was this is one of the ones that, remember, because uh, Crisis or Heroes in Crisis was supposed to, I believe, be a six- or seven-issue miniseries with uh, two or three tie-in books. And this, I believe, was one of the standalone tie-in books that, is that they decided to just put it in with the series to start with. So we have a nine-issue series um, now with a couple of standalone books as part of it, and that is what this one is. Next is Martian Manhunter number three which is another miniseries here, it's Detective Diane Mead knows the shocking truth. Her partner is not the real John Jones. With a gun to his head, John Jones must explain his first horrifying night on Earth and how he came to wear his par- her partner's face. But even as they speak, Middleton's serial killer is backed at his bloody work. The art is done by Riley Rossimo, and it's written by Steve Orlando. And then we get to go to the ghost sector, with Justice League Odyssey number 6. The Codex reveals a dangerous secret to the Odyssey team about the fate of the Ghost Sector that makes their mission clear. They have to escape. However, with Green Lantern out of action and Darkseid hot on their trail, Cyborg, Azrael, and Starfire might have to rely on, a very, on the very dark powers that they are trying to outrun in order to save the multiverse. The art is done by Carmine DiGiandomenico and is written by Dan Abnett. Then we move on to Old Lady Harley, number five. Harley's worst nightmare has come true. The Joker is reborn. But is there one more card to turn over? Is the killer behind the smile the man she loved, hated, loved, and lost? Or something more, even more deadly and devastating? Harley's future world will be torn apart in this issue. Don't miss it. This is art by Inaki Miranda and is written by Frank Thierry. And this is issue number five, I believe, of six. So they're getting ready to wrap this up and um, put a bow on it. And so it's going to be interesting to see where we go with it. Then next up, we get Shazam number three. Shazam and the Seven Realms continues. Billy Batson's world is turned upside down by a figure from the past, while Mary, Freddy, and the rest of the Shazam family enter a realm of endless amusements, candy factories, and friends in the Funlands. But what's the catch? Plus, a shocking development within the Library of Eternity. Art is done by Dale Ingle- Eaglesham and is written by Jeff Johns. And this is actually the final issue of this book. We have Sideways, number 13. Secrets secrets are revealed and new mysteries emerge as Derek uncovers his mother's killer and the origins of his powers in this final chapter of his story, for now. Art is done by Kenneth Rockford and is written by Dan DiDio. Now, Sideways, I've enjoyed the whole run of Sideways. It's been fun. I could see this character, though, moving on to a Teen Titans role or whatever they're doing. We know Titans is coming to... They're going to close Titans and relaunch it as something else. It would be great to see him maybe in a Titans book or the new version of the Titans that they're going to put out. But we know Sideways is not going to disappear. He's been a great character for the time he's been there. So I'm excited to see where he goes from here. And in The Flash, number 65, the Price finale. The two greatest detectives in the DC universe take on one cold case that will tear them apart. As chief architect of the Sanctuary program that costs so much to so many, especially Wally West, Batman is held accountable by the Flash. A cold case from the Justice League's past has mysteriously reopened and Batman and the Flash, the only two heroes who stand a chance of cracking the case, are at each other's throats. Our heroes must combat a demon from the past while burying their own inner demons in the process, and neither the world's Neither of the world's greatest detective or the fastest man alive will ever be the same again. But who is really pulling the strings here? And how does Gotham Girl fit into all this? Friendships will be tested and blood will be spilled in this titanic crossover event, with art by Jordi Tarragona and Rafa Sandoval, and is written by Joshua Williamson. Now that's interesting because that solicit is the same they've had for all of these, but it's Cool to see what they've done. Basically, Gotham Girl, this whole thing, they've been chasing Gotham Girl because she's running around uh, causing all kinds of havoc and things. And you could tell someone is putting her up to this. But she has also found someone who's given her a serum to resurrect Gotham, her brother. And in the process, she actually resurrected a bunch of it looks like clones of them, which all of them burned out rapidly. And Gotham also burned out rapidly, so whoever's pulling their strings looks like maybe the person that originally made Gotham and Gotham Girl from the beginning. (laughs) Then moving on to Silencer number 14, this is The Agent of Leviathan, part 1. The Silencer is once more the weapon of Leviathan, and Talia al Ghul has seen to it that she can never escape again. As her family grieves her loss as one of the many missing and presumed dead civilians of the Action Land Massacre... Honor Guest is seemingly unconcerned and focused solely on her new mission for Talia. But is Honor really ready to go? Or ready to let go? Or is the game of cat and mouse between the Silencer and Talia far from over? Plus, not one, but two shocking revelations rock everyone's world. Art is done by Sandu Floria and Viken Marion, and is written by Dan Abnett. And then we have two more books left for this week, the first of which is The Terrifics number 13. The Terrifics are back and they're ready to enter the final battle with the Dreadfuls, Doc Dread's revenge squad that has systematically wiped out dozens of Mr. Terrifics from across the multiverse. As the many Mr. and Mrs. Terrifics fight for their lives, the cavalry is on the way. But will Phantom Girl, Plastic Man, and the repowered Metamorpho reach the battle in time? And how can the the heroes possibly count this as a win with a mountain of bodies in Doc Dread's weight? Well, the art is done by Joe Bennett, and it's written by Jeff Lemire, so the two of them are going to let us know next week. And we finish up this week with Wonder Woman number 65. If you ask Wonder Woman who her nemesis is, she might say Veronica Kale. And now Veronica it has the powers of an actual god neme- of the actual god nemesis under her control. Some of the resurrected Olympians who Wonder Woman has encountered have changed in per- unperceptible ways. Or, I'm sorry, they've changed in unpredictable ways. Is there a crack in Nemesis's armor that Diana can get through? Or will she miss the chance to redeem yet another of her divine brethren? Written, or The art is done by Jesus Marino, and is written by G. Willow Wilson. And that's the end of this week's books. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Well, super friends, I want to thank you for hanging out with me for uh, for this show. Hopefully, like I said, Vernon will be back soon. He's sitting at Mount Justice right now training with Black Canary. I'm actually kind of jealous of him. But someone had to give you guys the news for this week. So I'm here to take care of that. Uh, but what are you looking forward to? What do you think about Godspeed showing up on Flash? Uh, are you going to be buying the Black and White series of figure minifigs from Walmart? Or are you going to wait till the collectibles hit the shelves at the comic book shop let me know you can get our show at www.dcsuperpowerspodcast or, or no I'm sorry it's www.dcsuperpowers.com on there also you can find we have a sponsor tab with friends of the show that um, we like the product they put out check them out and um, it doesn't cost you anything extra to shop there we have um, one that is well let me bring up the site right now and I can tell you exactly what they have. But we do have the gear tab on there. And for there, you, it takes you to our T Public store. Where at the T Public store, you can get all of the um, t shirts and uh, tote bags and hoodies and anything else you want with the DC Superpowers Podcast logo on it. But over to our sponsors. We have Things from Another World co- um, comics. They have great selection of trades and collectibles there. You got. Superhero Stuff, which is a superhero collectible site where they have actual boxes kind of like a loop crate style with superhero products in it. Sideshow Collectibles is your place for all of your premium, high quality statues and figures. And then other, the other one we have is Gym Superheroes. Ah, that one's not working. So we don't have gym Superheroes. But check out the other sponsors. Let us. And, uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. You can get some great merch from them, and all it is is they tell us thank you for sending you there. You can also find us on Twitter at the DC, or at SuperpowersDC. On Instagram and Facebook, we are the DC Superpowers Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook as as Ken Rose. Wow, I'm messing all of this up today, aren't I? On Instagram and Twitter, I am GW1Ken. On Facebook, I am Ken Rose. You can also email us, the DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. We're on the networks of the Tangimon Network at Tangemonnetwork.com and weaving geeks at weebing And from there, super friends, thank you for hanging out. Vernon, I will hopefully see you next week. And from there, we'll see you next week.